Live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night on Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240, Chicago Comcast, Channel 113. Glad you're in. The boys are all here. Paul Nolan's here with the news. Mr. Nolan, how are you? Eh. <laughs> uh, Rick Delgado's here with a what even is that tonight. Since we didn't do it pre-debate, we'll do post-debate what even is that. What's coming up in that, Mr. Delgado? Uh, just a uh, um, uh, uh, my take on what we saw, the debacle. I mean, the debate. All right, you sounded like Joe Biden there at the start, well, but you got yeah. it out. So, uh, but at least Rick, I got my thing working. Rick Emirati's here with sports. Mr. Emirati, what's coming up in sports? Hey, Big D, Major League Baseball. I'm going to report on a wacky wild card Wednesday we had today, as well as uh, live scores on first game of the NBA Finals that starts tonight between the Lakers and Miami. And Steelers-Titans are postponed right now due to COVID-19 positive tests. Okay. Uh, the president is speaking tonight in Minnesota. And I'm sure he's been out there today. I know he was in front of the microphones on his way leaving the White House. I haven't heard much from the president today, but that could just be me. Um, I know Joe Biden was out on a train tour, uh, and I saw a little bit of him. And I've got a couple clips of Joe. Um, But we're going to monitor the president tonight in Minnesota. And uh, because it's the night after, well, last night. Um, So I'm interested to hear what the president has to say. I haven't heard much from him today. I do have the comments when he was leaving the White House, which we'll play a little later. Uh, And whenever the president comes off Air Force One, Real America's Voice is going to go to their coverage of the rally. So if you're watching us now on network, Pluto TV, Dish Network, and you want to hang with us, you have to go to social media. I encourage you to stay with the network, though, and watch the coverage of the rally. Jessica Rivera will be in our Denver studios covering it for Real America's Voice. And the president, I got a feeling the president will be fiery tonight um, after last night. So here's what I did. You know, sometimes you have to step back and watch these things. Damn, or and think I have about, to interrupt you. Yeah. You didn't ask the audience to share, like, and hit the comments <laughs> to get us through the Facebook algorithms. You know yeah. how competitive I am. All right. Here's Paul Nolan with our Facebook message of the night. Good evening, Mr. Nolan. <laughs> He just threw me under the bus. I'm over here trying to do this for the team. Well, no, tell Pound the audience the like what buttons. to do. Hit the heart buttons. Let's yeah. see the love out there. All so right. this way we could uh, get through these Facebook scams. So sometimes you have to step back from these things. You know, you watch it in the moment. You've got it built up in your mind. You're hoping for certain things, looking for certain things. And I left here last night thinking that it was not really a great night for the president. And I went back, went to sleep, woke up this morning and watched it again. And I... I have a totally different, I don't want to say totally different, but I have a different take on it after watching it from at home and not watching it here on set being live on the show. And that is that, and I've talked about this too, Joe Biden is really just a bully, as he has been for years. Ask Bob Bork, ask Clarence Thomas. I've talked about this on the show. So in some respects, I'm looking in the mirror saying, Damon, wake up. You knew this. <laughs> he came there last night to... to He came there last night looking to brawl Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. And he really is the one who started it at about four and a half minutes in. And um, what most of us like about the president is that he's a counterpuncher. If you if you come at him, he's coming back at you ten times over. You know, he's like a uh, he's like a pit bull. If it if he loves you, he's gonna lick you and hug you (laughs) to death. But if he don't like you, he's gonna chew your arm off. Right. I feel like the president came in, well, I mean, for lack of a better term, I feel like he came pissed off. And he's got good reason to be, by the way, after three and a half years of this, of everything they've done, the attacks on him personally, the attacks on his family, the impeachment, the roadblocks at every single uh, corner, the comparisons to Hitler. Um, his kids, the attack on his wife, the disrespect she's been shown as first lady, all of it, the media being in Biden's pocket, carrying his water for him as they do consistently trying to get him across the finish line. So the president came in PO'd. And I guess the only thing I feel like is it's like, it's like a big prize fighter comes into the ring, right? You've, you've been building up, building up animosity with this guy. You finally see him. And uh, I just feel like the president didn't let the let it come let the fight come to him. He didn't let the conversation breathe 
in places where I felt like he could have let it breathe. There was times where I felt watching it even back again, that Biden was really boxed in on certain topics, certain issues. The president actually got him to say a lot of things. He's the Green New Deal. All of a sudden, he's not for. Yeah. He's for some Biden plan, that uh, whatever that is. The yeah, manifesto, all of a sudden, he's... Uh, Forgot all about it. Yeah, he has no idea yeah. what it is. He has no idea what it is. He's not after the suburbs. So the president Antifa's got things... is just an idea. Yeah. Yeah, that was huge. So he got him into places. The one that sticks out to me, especially when he turned to him and said, name one law enforcement group that has endorsed you. And I just wanted just silence. And he just, the silent, he never let the conversation breathe is my biggest takeaway from it. But didn't Wallace come to his rescue there? Well, Chris Wallace was a, a, an absolute embarrassment as far as I'm concerned, as far as moderators go. I don't, I don't even, the RNC has to take some blame here. Why they keep agreeing to these left-wing liberal moderators is beyond me. I don't know why they accept these terms. I don't know why they don't fight harder to put their candidates in a place to have success in these debates. Or just let's go back to Lincoln Douglas. Let's get rid of the moderators then. And let them just go at it. I saw a lot of people going, you know, where's Joe Rogan when you need him? Because at least Joe Rogan would have done what Chris Wallace said he was going to try to do, which was be invisible. He was – Joe Biden and him could have switched places. It would have been no different. Yeah. You know what? Oh, go ahead, Rick. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I mean, the reason the RNC does nothing for it is because the RNC really, for the longest time, has really just been either controlled opposition or the, the right-left marching of tyranny. It's left-right, same team. For the first time ever, we have an outsider as a candidate um, where it's almost as if they want to set Trump up to fail. I just, you know, I mean, in the past, they don't care. Romney, you got to tell me Romney, what, I mean, when he was going against, we would have had a Romney care if somehow or another the sham didn't work. And you look at what Biden did, speaking of Romney, look at what Biden did in 2012 to Paul Ryan. It was the same playbook last night when I watched it back. It really was. He was going to bully his way, disrespect. Now, just think about if Mitt Romney in 2012 had told Obama to shut up. (laughs) If he had told him, you're the worst president, you know, we've ever had. If If he had said... This guy's a clown. If he had said all the things, imagine if Romney had said that to Obama in 12. That's, that's racism. That makes you a racist. Oh, oh what, what? You disagree? You, you, you call Obama a name? You're a racist. You, you can't do that. That's what would have happened. That's what the, that, that is their playbook, though. That's what they do all of the time. It never changed. Every four years. Oh, this guy's a racist. Really? he's got a, a life of what 74 years prior to this no one's ever called him a racist but now he is yeah meanwhile he's, there's clips of him in like uh 50 cents uh studio with a bunch of rappers and they're all getting along famously yep. and they're bestest buddies yeah. and they're high-fiving Herschel walker loves him you know not, it, not only so- that but but he's been referenced positively before he ran for president, he was referenced mostly in rap songs, positively. 77 80, times. Yeah, some, something like 82 times, I think I've found. 80 times. 82, huh? It's unbelievable. But as soon as he became president, all of a sudden, oh my goodness, he's a racist. I've seen all day today on radio and on television that somehow the idea that the president should have Now, I agree that the president, again, best way I can say it is could have let the conversation breathe in places, maybe not come in so hot in certain places, because I believe there was times he actually talked, he talked Biden out of having to answer Yeah, in places where I think Biden was really boxed in. And not only that, Dame, I think this is where the um, comment from Rudy Giuliani kind of, kind of should have maybe populated uh, the president's brain for a moment said you know what he likes to talk let him talk because he's going to get himself in trouble he will do it on his own just let it breathe but the idea uh, okay i agree with the letting it breathe put him in a corner say something to him like he did with name just name name me one group of law uh, law enforcement that supports you and just let it 
he just kept it never never gave Joe a chance to to fill space with words, right? As we say, yeah, exactly. Trump, right, right. Trump didn't do any of his typical trolling. He he like he could have teased and taunted Biden into complete frustration when he called Trump a clown. He could have said, "Okay, I'm a clown. That's great." Coming from the guy who can't recite the Pledge of Allegiance, so doesn't know what the you know what the Constitution you know stands for or says. You know, he could have really. Like taunted him a little with some of his, you know, crazy towns. He could have used that against him and watched him really lose it. But the idea that somehow the president should have just kept quiet and taken a beating from this nasty old man, and that's what he is. It's what he's always been. He was there to brawl. Don't give me all it's so eighty years, a seventy-eight year old little senile old Joe being Joe. No, no, he was there to do exactly what he's done to other people. Most recently, 2012. Most recently, when anyone gets in his face, even some of these people on the stump. Yep. This guys, workers get in his face and he's telling his staff to shut up or be quiet or shush while he's while – he, so we've seen this from him. So, But the idea – I agree the president left some things on the table, some opportunities. I totally agree. But the idea that he should have just sat in there and, and not got – he should have taken it is absurd. It's absurd. Yeah. And, and you know what? I think what kind of bothered us is because of how we normally see the president. What do we see? It's, it's, it's our own fault. We thought, hey, you know what? That was uh, yeah. Um, I think it was because of our expectations of yep. what we normally see. What do we see? We see him destroy the press. We see him at rallies. Completely different dynamic. You're talking about time limits. You're talking about two other people in the room talking. You're talking about him getting getting interrupted, not controlling the flow of the conversation, and not relaxed and having a good time. It, 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 it was it, it basically our fault if we think yeah. he did badly because on my ride home, I was texting myself going, wait, he did bring up you know the Green New Deal. He got him to say that. He got him to, to really stammer and, and stutter when it came to Antifa and law enforcement and and especially at the beginning when they talked about you know nominating the, the justice. He's like, hey, it's my job. I get I get the you know the presidency for four years, not three, Joe. You know that kind of stuff. Where those are those are good body blows. You know, and the one thing that really I thought he gaffed in two places: one, making fun of Hunter's drug problem. I made uh, made Biden look sympathetic. I hated that, um, and that's the last thing you wanted to do because everyone loves a recovery, even though God knows how well his recovery is going. Can I just say and, something about that? By the way, do you ever notice that Joe Biden never talks about Hunter Biden? He only talks about Bo Biden. Yeah, with, all, with all due respect, <laughs> of course. To yeah. to well, to Hunt the son, Hunt is a disgrace. He's a disgrace. I mean, he he's, you know. But, this, but Joe, there's no nice way to say this. I feel he personally. He raised a lousy son. He uses the fact that Bo Biden died. He does not talk about Hunter Biden. He only talks about Bo Biden. Yep. So he can use that. Which is just shameful and disgusting. It it's and lecherous. It's, I don't even like talking about it's it. Lecherous. But, but it's, it's a lecherous. fact. It's, it's a fact. A fact. Yeah. That's what he does. And I, I want to get to the uh, Proud Boy comment when we come back on the other side if we could. Live from Studio 6B, we're going to monitor the president as soon as he gets, uh, I believe, on the ground in Minnesota. He just left Minneapolis for Duluth. And we'll cover it for you here. Lots to do. Glad you're in. American people, when they turn on the news, they want just the news. Spare me the talking points. I think people are sick of the freak parade on cable TV, night in and night out. People are consuming news these days everywhere, on every device. And we're going to be there. We're going to be fair. We're going to be fearless. We feel like we have a responsibility to you, the American people. News and opinions that are honest and real. Real America's Voice. Live from Studio 6B, Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240, Comcast in Chicago, Channel 113, glad you're in, Paul's going to have some news, Rick Delgado's going to have what even is that, a little later, Rick Amorati's going to have sports, talking about the debates here in the first segment, uh, let's do a little news here in segment two while we monitor the president, I guess he hasn't landed yet uh, in Duluth, so he's definitely delayed here, I think he was supposed to talk at 810 and obviously that's not happening. So we'll continue to monitor when the president lands. We'll bring it to you. 
and Jessica Rivera will be covering it for Real America's Voice in our Denver studios. We'll throw it to her. But for now, let's do some news with Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? Well, Glenn's um, lawyer, defense attorney Sidney Powell, says the federal judge presiding over the Justice Department's case against a client is hiding the political corruption. Powell spoke one day after going before the U.S. District Judge Emmett, the criminal Sullivan, to ask the court to allow the department to drop the case against Flynn. Um, And she said it's absolutely extraordinary, the political corruption that Judge Sullivan is apparently trying to sweep under the rug and should be appalling to every American. And that's an absolute, that is a fact. This, what's going on? Well, I've told you this. I've told you what's going on here. This guy's big Obama buddy, um, Trump hater. He was a Bush guy, too, D. He was a big Bush guy, too. Well, I'm telling you what he's trying to do here is uh, he's going to make the president pardon Flynn. Or he's going to – two things. That, number one, or he's going to obviously wait to try to delay this to pass (laughs) November 3rd and hope that Joe gets in, and then somehow the Department of Justice obviously will change, and then he'll drag this out to that point just to get his pound of flesh because – He's personally investing himself in this and not – he's no longer even acting as a judge. It, it, he has a black robe on, but that's about it Yeah, he might at have, this point. He might as well have a sickle with it. A black robe and a sickle. You know, it's a death reference. No, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with <laughs> you. His behavior here is, is, is outrageous. It really is outrageous. I mean, it's, un, it, it, it's, un, it's unconscionable what he's doing and, and like he doesn't even care what happens to his reputation. So whatever he's doing that's so completely criminal, I mean, can we be honest? What is he really hiding? I believe he's hiding something or some kind of interest that he might be tied to because, I mean, his entire legacy is tarnished unless he's taking that tarnish away from what's more tarnish on the other side of the criminal investigation because, you know, Flynn knows everything. Well, yeah, I mean... But- that they don't really need him to be, you know, have this case thrown out for Flynn to go, okay, here, check this, check this, talk to these guys, here's what we know here. I mean, they already, I, I would assume they already have all everything no, that they I need. That once Flynn is exonerated, that gives him the chain, like, release of the chains, and he gets to speak, everything's unclassified now. Well, I'm, mean, not sure, I'm not sure what this has to do with the judge. I mean, the, this could have judge, fallen to any judge. The fact that right. it fell to this guy and we're doing what we're doing. But this guy's a deep stater. I mean, he's been around through all of it, like the Patriot Act. And, you know, he was a henchman for the Bush family and the Clintons. I mean, he's truly been around way too long and been criminal at so many levels. I mean, I, I mean so sorry, um, that's the conspiracy guy in me. But he's so he's been there entrenched in all this. I mean, unless unless Flynn has something on this judge. And that's what he's trying to prevent? That's what I, I think. I, I, I don't know. No way. That's what I think. All right, what else is going on in the news? <laughs> D, I love D. He goes, no way. So cute. The big guy is so naive. <laughs> 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 All right, so that awkward silence will go to another story. Uh, Biden campaign says its candidate will continue to debate President Trump despite calls from the media for Biden to withdraw from the upcoming presidential debates. The calls followed Tuesday night's debate, which often devolved into attacks and name-calling and lacked the policy discussions that helped voters decide who will be elected on November 3rd. Um, Kate Bedingfield, Biden's deputy campaign manager, on Tuesday said, yes, we're going to do the debates. I would imagine there'll be some additional conversations with the commissioner uh, of the presidential debates. But yes, we are committed and attending the debates. And then Bill Kristol, the former chief of staff of Vice President uh, Dan Quayle, deep state, um, he wrote, for the sake of the country, Joe Biden should refuse to appear again on the same stage as Donald Trump, as if... Joe Biden is some kind of moral compass we should all follow. <laughs> this wow. is a good way to lead into our first crazy town of the night. G128, uh, if you have it. Speaking of the media today and uh, no more debates, roll it. Roll it. 
debates. I wouldn't be surprised, by the way, if this is the last presidential debate. There be other debates? Should there be? Should Joe Biden do the next two two debates? It's going to be like this? Absolutely not. He's lowering himself. There's supposed to be two more presidential debates. I must say, I don't think the country's going to be yearning for another one of these. Made a lot of people wondering, will there be more debates after this? Will we see the final two presidential debates? What's the upside in doing two more of these? We can't do two more of these. Are we really going to repeat this? Should the next two debates go on as scheduled? Do you think there should be more debates? Do you think there will be? Questions about whether Joe Biden should participate in the next two debates. People so turned off and disgusted saying, forget it. I don't want any more debates. There are very real questions about what is to be gained from being there. Two more debates? Supposed to be. Do you think that they'll still? Uh, It's hard to know. Do you think Joe Biden should participate in a second or third debate? That sounds like a narrative, huh? It sounds like sounds like the talking points got thrown around early today. Yeah, and, and it sounds like I don't know. That doesn't sound like a winning team. You know, you would think that if Joe did so great, they'd be like, "Yeah, let's bring on, let, let's do that fourth one with Rogan." He did so well, but it's not really the uh, you know. Well, I mean, I said before the debate last night, if he did well, you could very easily say, you could see them say, okay, that's, that's enough. It. That's enough, yeah. Right, so you can look at it on both sides. He did great, and they say, that's enough. Let's not, let's quit while we're ahead. Yep. Right. Or yeah, what you're saying, and they let, you know. But then, but then you got to look at the other side. What's the other side, you ask? Okay, good question. Um, what were the ratings? Down. Really? 73 million people tuned in. Yeah, that's, that's down. Just, that's just on network. That's down from, I believe, 94. But that didn't account for all the devices. Oh, most streaming. people are watching these things on, yeah. their, on their devices. I think, once now, you, right? I think once you add everything up, it, they're going to be like, no, 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 we, we, need, we need two more. Let's, let's keep this, this. This is ad money. I'm just, I'm just looking at it from the marketing side. Yeah, man. Well, yeah. the marketing side from what? The networks? We're talking the networks, about the two yeah. campaigns, though. The two campaigns, whether they want to debate. Biden's campaign arguing that there shouldn't be any more. It could be for either reason. Well, don't you think the, the, the people that put together these debates, they get money? I think the people that put these debates together are now looking to change how they do them and probably give one microphone or whatever other help they can give to Biden. <laughs> That's what they're going to try to do. More help's on the way for Joe. That's the bottom line. That's what the debate commission's going to do. Next time there'll, a be, bunch of- there'll be three moderators. Yeah, you know, it'll be like Mika, Joe Scarborough, and Chris Wallace. Yeah, and it'll Perfect. be uh, Joe Biden gets a microphone, and the president has to scream or yell. Right. No microphone for him. Or, or they'll send in that busty lady who used to run onto the baseball field and oh. kiss the pitcher <laughs> to kind of throw him off his game. Yeah. Anything they do now, they're going to do for the benefit of, of Joe. Because the media is so in the tank, and the, and the debate commission is a bunch of old relics. I don't even know why it's still, like I said, in the RNC, why they don't take a harder stand on who these um, moderators are if we have to have moderators, which I don't even know why we have to at this point. Just have a, some, just somebody voice over it. Okay, gentlemen, our next topic is coronavirus. <laughs> Go. I mean, I mean, would that have been worse than what Chris Walsh did? No, he was terrible. No. Seriously, Awful. could that have been worse? He broke every rule of moderator. Yep. All right, live from Studio 6B, more to do, more news. What even is that coming up? Sports, a couple more crazy towns. James Comey was on the hill today. Well, not really, virtually. It's amazing. That guy doesn't know anything. <laughs> I want his job. <laughs> well, you got it. B, Real America's Voice. We are monitoring the president when he gets to uh, Duluth. He just left Minneapolis. He tweeted on my way to Duluth. I think he's speaking there. He's going to have a rally, so we're going to cover it. 
Real America's Voice will cover it. Jessica Rivera will be in our Denver, Colorado studio. As soon as the president lands, we'll monitor it. And when uh, that happens, we'll uh, throw it over to them. Uh, let's get to a couple things before the president starts talking, though. Um, let's go Ted Cruz here, G. I believe it's 35. To James Comey. James Comey testified today. Or, the FBI knows or, nothing. Or yeah, or played um, played as Joe Biden. I have dementia imitation. Maybe Colonel this guy Clink. doesn't know anything. Colonel Clink. I know nothing. I know nothing. <laughs> Here's his exchange in the back and forth with um, with Ted Cruz, which I thought was probably the one of the better ones of the day. Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz, Mike Lee was good, um, and um, who else did I have would call me today? Ben Sass was actually good, but let's start with Cruz. Here's a little bit of that. Roll it. This investigation of the president was corrupt. The FBI and the Department of Justice were politicized and weaponized. And in my opinion, there are only two possibilities. That you were deliberately corrupt or woefully incompetent. And I don't believe you were incompetent. All right, Gee, let's, let's, let's go to 38. This is the, uh, that's the highlight of the, that's the highlight of the back and forth. But here's the actual back and forth. Roll that. Mr. Comey, you testified earlier today that you have concerns whenever the FBI uh, doesn't operate in a, quote, competent and honest way. In your judgment, was the way that the FBI handled the Russia investigation, the surveillance of the Trump campaign, the Carter Page FISA application, the Michael Flynn investigation, was that handled in a competent and honest way? For Senator Cruz, I, there was no, to my knowledge, surveillance of the Trump campaign. I think the overall investigation of the Russian interference and whether Americans were associated with it was conducted in an honest, competent, independent way. Okay. Uh, so, Mr. Comey, you're saying it's competent and honest. I assume you've read the Horowitz Inspector General report, which found 17 significant errors or omissions in, uh, omissions in the Carter Page FISA application. So in your view, 17 mistakes lie into the court is competent and honest? Well, I've read the report. I don't believe he concluded there were lies to the court, but there are significant and important failings in the way in which the Carter Page FISA was prepared and renewed. All right, Mr. Mr. Comey, let's go directly to lies. The, the inspector general report concluded that Mr. Klein Smith, an attorney who worked for you in the FBI, deliberately altered an email. He had emailed the CIA to ask if Carter Page was a source. The, the CIA came back and said, yes, he was a, a source. And Mr. Kleinsmith, your lawyer, altered that email to add the words, not a source, to make the email say precisely the opposite of what the CIA said. And that fraudulent document was then used as a basis for a fraudulent submission to the FISA court. You believe that is honest and competent, Mr. Comey? I don't believe you've offered an accurate summary of the Horowitz's findings. Mr. Comey, I have the report right in front of me. <laughs> Here we go. Page 254 describes how the lawyer, specifically the words and not a source, had been inserted in the response, directly reversing what the CIA says. Was it practice in your FBI to fraudulently alter evidence that you submit to federal courts? It was not the practice in the FBI to fraudulently alter anything as presented to federal courts. Well, it, it is difficult to say that, that an investigation that featured fraudulent evidence is competent and honest. But let's move on to something else. The predicate of much of this investigation was the Steele dossier, which has now been totally discredited as garbage. When did you learn that the Steele dossier was being funded by the Democratic National Committee and the Hillary Clinton campaign. Again, I believe your predicate is inaccurate, but I first learned of the Steele dossier in late September of 2016 and understood that it was funded by political opposition to President Trump, or candidate Trump. I didn't know the specifics of which part of the opposition, but I knew Liar. that it was political opposition research funded. When? When did you learn that? I think about the time I was briefed on it, so about the same time, probably third week of September. So you were personally aware that, that the political opposition, whether the DNC or Hillary Clinton or whatever, whatever campaign bucket it was coming from, it was the opposing party that was funding it. You were specifically aware of it in September. Why didn't you tell the FISA court? Why did you omit that 
over and over and over again on applications you submitted. Didn't the court deserve to know that? My recollection is the FISA court was alerted to the possibility that it was a politically biased reporting. Your, your recollection is, is false. The FISA court was not told that it was funded by the DNC. That's one of the omissions that your FBI did repeatedly to the federal court. All right. Said, Another. Not what I, Go ahead. That's not what I just said. So well, what did you just say? I said my recollection is the court was alerted that there was potential political bias in this reporting. Look at that smug face. I want to political bias is different from saying it was funded by the Hillary Clinton campaign. You just testified to this committee. You were specifically aware of that. And yet you repeatedly did not inform the court of it when you were getting an order to essentially weaponize the, the Democratic opposition research. All right. Next question. When did you learn that the primary subsource just, of the just hold basis it for, a second, for this garbage is this a guy? Is this a guy who thinks no matter what I do, nothing will ever happen to me? Yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, it could it be out. more clear? Yep. Obviously, the smug too, the smug look the on his face, smugness, the arrogance of this yeah. bastard—it's unbelievable. It's he Heflon is a Don. traitor. He is the he is a traitor and one of the most despicable human beings this country has ever known. And somehow he doesn't recall so many so many things. But meanwhile, he's recalled enough that he's he's written two books. He's got another one on the way, and he also has a, a, a like a TV movie based on one of his books. But he doesn't remember anything. All day, it was the same. It was the same stuff to all to all the republic. And I don't remember. That's not my recollection. I don't recall right. that. Go ahead, G. Let's let's keep rolling. Steele dossier was a suspected Russian asset. I don't remember ever being informed of any prior investigation of the any it, of Steele's It's sources, like this guy was in none of the meetings. So you're not aware lunch. of it today? I'm aware of it today because I've read it in the public All right, can you, sphere can you pause and I've read a, a summary memo. Hold it, he, he brings up something right there. He says he wasn't aware. So this is this is why we need an FBI guy around here, because so we can ask this question. Like, hold it. So you've got you've got this 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 document, the Steele dossier. You've got this Russian who's who's the primary subsource that they're talking about. I think his name is Dushenko or something like that. Um, but at no time, as the guy in charge of this investigation, because everything falls to you, Mr. Comey, you didn't go to your 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 buddy Andy McCabe and go, Hey, Andy, uh, you know anything about this Dushenko guy? And Andy could go, hey, Jimmy, uh, I, I don't recall. Hey, why don't we do that? Uh, why don't we use our FBI Google, our, our Fugle account, and, and do a little search? Like, you would think that they would have a record that they had already investigated this guy a few years prior. Like, all, all they would have to do is put his name into some database, and ping, his name would come up and be like, oh, wait, look at this guy. This, this guy is not a good person. You, d does the FBI have those tools, or, or am I missing something? Well, I mean, you raise a bunch of good points, but all of that is moot because he probably does know all this stuff. He's just lying. Right. Yeah. He's blatantly lying. He Listening to him, you would think that I know more from reading Molly Hemingway <laughs> in the Federalist reporting than this guy knew as the director of the FBI. He knows nothing. It's, it's absurd, this guy, how blatantly lying he is. He's just lying. Yeah, and I don't understand how they're not, like, really just, you know, how he hasn't been, how they haven't shown up at his house at 5 a.m. and just, you know, kind of wheeled him out. Let's go. Come on, you've lied enough. I mean, He's lying to them constantly. I'd like to see Cruz hammer away even harder. I feel like I feel like Cruz, as good as this is for our stanzas today, he he's not even he could be hammering way harder and pinning him at the corners here. All right, let's see if he does. Roll it, G. Oh, that the Department of Justice sent to the Judiciary Committee. I would note the primary subsource was subject to FBI investigation, a counterintelligence investigation from 2009 to 2011. And I will read some of what the investigation was. The primary subsource approached two individuals who were about to enter the Obama administration and indicated that if, if, quote, the two individuals at the table did get a job in the government and had access to classified information and wanted to make a little extra money, the primary subsource knew some people to whom they could speak. He's trying to recruit spies against the U.S. government. You have a Russian agent that is the basis for an FBI investigation and the FBI is the one who had investigated them. Your testimony is you didn't know. Did, did, did it occur to you to ask? Did you, did, did, was, 
Did you ask any questions or do any due diligence on this at all? I don't remember anything about oh. the, the facts that have been <laughs> revealed recently about the subsource. And as I said earlier, I think that cuts both ways, but I don't know how the people running the investigation thought about it. I was getting well, sushi that day. Well, you didn't day. tell the FISA court that either, and I suspect the FISA court would have had a very different assessment if you had told them that the basis for your application was what you were being told from a suspected Russian asset. All right, let's shift to another so topic. So you're just incompetent. On May 3rd, 2017, in this committee, Chairman Grassley asked you point blank, quote, have you ever been an anonymous source in news reports about matters relating to the Trump investigation or the Clinton investigation? You responded under oath, quote, never. He then asked you, quote, have you ever authorized someone else at the FBI to be an anonymous source in news reports about the Trump investigation or the Clinton administration? You responded again under oath, no. Now, as you know, Mr. McCabe, who works for you, has publicly and repeatedly stated that he leaked information to the Wall Street Journal and that you were directly aware of it and that you directly authorized it. Uh-oh. Now, what Mr. K- McCabe is saying and what you testified to this committee cannot both be true. One or the other is false. Who's telling the truth? I can only speak to my testimony. I stand by what uh, the testimony you summarized that I gave in May of 2017. So your testimony is you've never authorized anyone to leak. And Mr. McCabe, when he, if he says contrary, is not telling the truth. Is that correct? Again, I'm not going to characterize Andy's testimony, but mine is the same today. All right. I'm going to make a final point because my time has expired. This investigation of the president was corrupt. The FBI and the Department of Justice were politicized and weaponized. And in my opinion, there are only two possibilities. That you were deliberately cor- corrupt or woefully incompetent. And I don't believe you were incompetent. This has done severe damage to the professionals and the honorable men and women at the FBI because law enforcement should not be used as a political weapon. And that is the legacy you've left. And and that's to your point, Paul, what you said before. He's not incompetent. No way. If it was just that, it would be bad enough. But he's not incompetent. He's far from incompetent. He's a devious, mischievous liar conniver he's cunning arrogant arrogant scrupulous you know unscrupulous he 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 is everything that the clintons would be proud of i mean i'm the director of the fbi hey, i'm at the cia okay what do you guys know yeah we don't know anything well what wasn't isn't the job <laughs> what the hell you do there <laughs> your job is to know everything you guys are supposed to know all of everything oh, he's a dirtbag We're just normal people talking about the issues, the way the American people talk about them around their dinner table. I think that's why people like the show. We don't take ourselves too seriously. We give them news, opinion, sports, comedy, entertainment, music. But most of all, we try to give them love of country, faith, and family every night. We think political news is a big tent. Come on in, live from Studio 6B, 8 to 10 weeknights. You might like it. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice. 13 till the hour. Glad you're in on a Wednesday. Paul Nolan's here with some news. He'll have a little more. Rick Delgado's got what even is that post-debate version coming up. But right now it's time to do a little sports. Rick Emirati's here with his Prince outfit in purple. (laughs) Purple Uh, What's going on, pal? Hey, Big D. Well, we had a wild Wednesday in Major League Baseball. Playoffs uh, started yesterday. um, And a big uh, historic game. The uh, Minnesota Twins lost to the Houston Astros 3-1. They got swept, and it's historic. They lost their 18th straight playoff game. That is a Major League Baseball record. Nobody's lost that many. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, and um, moving along, um, so the Cincinnati Reds had a heartbreaker today. The game went to 13 innings. Um, I watched the whole game. That's four and a half hours of my life. I'll never get back. And the Reds did lose. Trevor Bauer pitched 7.2 innings, gave up zero runs, 12 strikeouts, which is a Cincinnati Red playoff record, and the Reds just came up short. Uh, Freddie Freeman had a walk-off single in the bottom of the 13th, and the Braves were up one nothing. Game two tomorrow at noon. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals over the Padres in game one, 6-4, to four, top of the ninth. Yankees won last night big, 12-3 to three over Cleveland. Uh, game two tonight in Cleveland, Indians up one nothing. There was a delay, so it's just they just restarted the game a little while ago, bottom of the first. And the uh, Tampa Rays are hot, the number one team uh, in the American League. They won 8-2 to two today. They swept the Blue Jays, so they're moving on. Um, and Athletics and White Sox, they uh, are nodded at one game each as the uh, A's came back and won 5-3 to three today. And uh, Marlins over the Cubbies, 5-1 to one in Game 1. Um, and that covers baseball uh, and more playoffs all week. I'll keep an eye on the scores. Uh, congratulations. I didn't get a chance last night to uh, say uh, congratulations to the Tampa uh, Lightning on their Stanley Cup championship win, their first win since 2004, their second cup. They did a great job. They really were the top team all along. Dallas Stars gave a good fight, but just couldn't, uh, couldn't pull it off. And, uh, hey, kudos to the uh, Tampa. I think they're going to be around a long time. It was a great cup final. And, Paul, your Islanders did pretty good because they lost to the man that beat the man. You know, so that was pretty good. I'll tell you what, man. Every single team just was obliterated. What those kids go through, the the – the heart and soul they put in, there's no toughest trophy to win in sports, and there's no way to deny it. Absolutely incredible. Another piece of hockey news, uh, New York Rangers, their great goaltender, Henrik Lundqvist, uh, was let go today. The uh, Rangers bought out the last year of his contract, so after 15 seasons with the Rangers, he will no longer uh, be a part of the club, and uh, not sure if he's going to retire or perhaps move on to another club. Uh, few players have been as important to the Rangers franchise as Henrik Lundqvist, and we are incredibly grateful for all he has done for our organization. Ah, Rangers owner James Dolan said in a statement earlier today. He's a classic. Yeah, he's a classic. He's a great owner. I know. Um, NBA NBA Finals, game one tonight. LeBron. LeBron takes on Miami. All the big names. LeBron, Jimmy Butler, Anthony Davis first, Bam Adebayo. Oh, yeah. uh, All the phonies will be out tonight. Come on. Yeah, I know. NBA, please. Yeah, so uh, we don't have a score yet. It tips off at nine in a few minutes. I'll give you a score later. (laughs) Um, Power goes out in a building and they can't figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Hope they all get ushered to an internment camp with the (laughs) Eagles. That's that's strong. That's really strong. Oh, come on. Way over the line. And they're made to make their own basketball shoes. You right. guys, you're going you're gonna to change the NBA acronym to nothing but anarchy the way you guys keep it up. So, Caesars series odds uh, entering game one. LA Lakers, minus 440. <laughs> that's pretty good, Jurek. I like that. Nothing but anarchy. That's, yeah. pretty, that's pretty close. <laughs> And uh, one more, one more hit, <laughs> one more hit, Big D. And we talked about this actually. Paul Nolan brought this up. You know, he's a good sportsman. He knows his football. Uh, NFL Players Association president calls for all teams to use grass fields. We had this conversation Monday night. Um, NFL time. Players Association president J.C. Treda is calling for NFL teams that use turf fields to change all field surfaces to natural grass to reduce the risk of injury to players. Treda, who is the starting center for the Cleveland Browns, wrote in a letter that players have a 28 percent higher chance of non-contact lower extremity injuries when playing on an artificial surface compared to grass. Uh, The 29-year-old from Ohio added that the rate is even higher for non-contact knee injuries at 32% and non-contact foot and ankle injuries at 69% on turf versus natural grass. It's just incredible how they they could blow all the money they spend on these guys to let them get injured. You know, it kills the competitive balance. Currently, 13 NFL stadiums use artificial turf, including MetLife, where numerous players have been injured this season. So, and that's a wrap in sports for the first segment, Big D. All right, thanks, Rick. Uh, G, let's go to 30 here. I think we got about four minutes. Uh, this is the president from today leaving the White House. Uh, let's hear a little bit from him. Okay, thank you very much. We're going to Minnesota. I thought the uh, debate last night was great. We've gotten tremendous reviews on it. Uh, we're hitting what people want, uh, law and order, which Biden was unable to even talk about because it lose the radical left, his radical left, left uh followers. I don't think there's too many of them left. Uh, But I thought it was a great evening. It was an exciting evening. I see the ratings were very high and it was good to be there. Felt very comfortable and I appreciate all the good words. So we are going now and we're going to have a big rally. A lot of people showing up. Yeah. 
Boys to stand back and stand by? I don't know who the Proud Boys are. I mean, you'll have to give me a definition because I really don't know who they are. I can only say they have to stand down, let law enforcement do their work. Law enforcement will do the work more and more. As people see how bad this radical liberal Democrat movement is and how weak, the law enforcement's going to come back stronger and stronger. But again, I don't know who Proud Boys are, but whoever they are, they have to stand down, let law enforcement do their work. Just stand by. Look, law enforcement will do their work. They're going to stand down. They have to stand down. Everybody, they have to stand. Whatever group you're talking about, let law enforcement do the work. Now, Antifa is a real problem because the problem is on the left. And Biden refuses to talk about it. He refuses to issue the words law and order. You saw that last night when he choked up. He can't say the words because he'll lose the rest of the left. So. Uh, he's got to condemn Antifa. Antifa is a very bad group. Yeah. I want law and order to be a very important part. It's a very important part of my campaign. And when I say that, what I'm talking about is law enforcement has the police have to take care, and they should stop defunding the police like they've done in New York, like they've done in New York. I just told you. I've always denounced any form, any form, any form of any of that you have to denounce. But I also, Joe Biden has to say something about Antifa. It's not a philosophy. These are people that hit people over the head with baseball bats. He's got to come out and he's got to be strong and he's got to condemn Antifa. And it's very important that he does it. I, I can't hear a word you're saying. I can't hear. I hear he doesn't want to go forward, but that's up to him. I mean, I would, yeah, I would like to. We, by every measure, we won the debate easily last night. I think he was very weak. He looked weak. He was whining. Uh, yeah, we won the debate by almost every poll that I saw. If you look at the. Uh, the various polls. I looked at about six of them. We won every one of them. So, no, I'd, I don't mind debating him. I hear he wants to get out of the debates. I don't know. That's up to him. militias that are armed and go in the streets with weapons. Does that concern you that they go out there with their weapons and walk around in yeah, the street? Yeah, it does concern me. And crime generally concerns me, any form of crime, and let law enforcement take care of it. So we had a problem in New York. They have 100,000 ballots that are a mess. They're all confused, all mixed up. Now they say they're going to redo them. Well, what are they going to do with 100,000 ballots that have already been sent? This is exactly what I'm talking about. It's a big, big, big scale problem. 100,000 ballots went out to New York with the wrong names on them, wrong envelopes, wrong addresses, wrong everything. And now they want to redo the ballots. That doesn't help, because what about the ones that are already set? This is exactly what I'm talking about. Can I follow up to that, Mr. President? If there was an apparent Joe Biden victory, come the 20th of January. There, there won't be. There won't be. <laughs> Live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night on Real America's Voice, Dish Network Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240, Comcast in Chicago, Channel 113. Glad you're all here. We're waiting for the president to land in Duluth, Minnesota, where he's going to speak. Um, we'll carry some of it on Live from Studio 6B if we can. The network, Real America's Voice, will um, be anchoring coverage in our Denver studios with Jessica Rivera, waiting for the president now. As soon as he lands and starts to uh, come off Air Force One, we'll go to that. Uh, it's very delayed. I believe originally he was supposed to speak at about 10 minutes after 8. It's now 9 o'clock on the East Coast. And um, he has not, I believe, even landed yet. So still some time there waiting for the president. But I'm sure he'll be fired up um, to talk about uh, 
you know, what he normally talks about. And given that's the night after the debate, and we've spent a lot of time on the debate uh, in hour one, I do want to go because we were just talking in the social media break about this whole Proud Boys white supremacy uh, part of the debate last night with Chris Wallace trying to sandbag the president on something he already knows that the president has denounced. He denounced it after Charlottesville. Joe Biden continues to lie about it. The Mm -hmm. media will never call him out about it. It, We've seen the video of the president talking about Charlottesville and what he meant. We've seen him talk about neo-Nazis and say, I condemn that. I condemn white supremacy. There's videos of the president condemning white supremacy. Probably There's probably 50 of them that I've seen. At times he's addressed this. Wallace asked him at the last debate, do you denounce white supremacy groups? And he said, of course I do. What does he have to ask it again for? Yeah. Well, he tried to sandbag him, and he knows right. that. So uh, you're absolutely right, G. I almost forgot. It's time now for one of my favorite segments here on the show, and that is Rick Delgado with What Even Is That? All right. So last night I had a, a pre-debate one that will never see the light of day, but don't worry, I'll save the text for a book. Who knows? Hey, if you're like we were after the the first presidential debate last night between President Trump and Joe Biden, uh, I have one thing to say to you. Welcome to the party, pal. Yeah. If you're like us, immediately afterwards, no doubt you were left with a flood of feelings and emotions. And after it was all done, you're probably wondering, like, what even was that? that? That wasn't a debate. It was more like a debacle. And to be fair, eh, did you really expect anything else? I mean, come on, man. What are we talking about? Yeah, well, I think what we're talking about is that collectively throughout the debate, we all felt things like, uh, say, anger, disappointment, and maybe even confused. I don't know what we're yelling about! Along <laughs> along with the headache you were left with, because this yeah. descent from banter to brawl, one thing I think we definitely felt was this, this contentious confrontation that sounded more like, I don't know, com- a conglomerate of... Loud noises! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. W- was how the moderator, Mr. I-want-to-be-invisible Chris Wallace, <laughs> injected himself into the debate. Seriously. What even was that? Look, I did it twice. Uh, Dude, your job is to ask questions and then get out of the way. But that's not what happened. He interrupted Trump, I think, more than 70 times. And at some point, Chuck was actively debating the president while Joe Biden was given a pass to avoid answering any questions or charges of he and his son's his son Hunter's corruption, his own past decisions while he's been in office, and of course, Biden's own outright lies. But I guess this is just the way liberals like to fight, always ganging up on people who are alone. And last night was no different as we got to see it was a two-on-one. Looks mm-hmm. like it's going to be a two-on-one. Menage a trois Usually you pay double for that kind of action, Cotton. Yeah, and, and true to form, of course, President Trump fought back and, and interrupted Joe Biden so much, Joe was having problems hearing what his handlers were saying to him in his ear. <laughs> and that's not a conspiracy theory. What's this? Ah, what gotcha. you fiddling around with there trying to hide, Joe? I mean, what even is that? Yeah. That's three times. Uh, that, that's a wire. And thanks to Land of the Free on Twitter for posting this, because this is the epitome of the left, Democrats, and of Joe Biden himself. He is 0 for 47 for a reason. He's a terrible human being. He's a swamp creature through and through, lying, manipulating, and now cheating, saying and doing whatever he has to do. Listen to those lies. Yeah, to win an election and in the process screw you, the American people. Oh, and Joe, just because you say something's debunked doesn't really mean that it isn't true, dude. So if your own expectations weren't met, that's probably due more to the fact that we were watching this, thanks to Chris (laughs) Wallace and the way he handled the debate that devolved into something I think you'll agree. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Right. But there's one thing that we can thank Chuck Wallace for, and that is this. Now there is a legitimate call for Joe Rogan to host a debate, and why not? How could it get any worse? No. Good. All right. right. Rick Delgado with the post-debate, what even is that? Yes. And now I hear, who just told me Joe Rogan's uh, wussing out on this? Oh, Are you serious? Come on. Yeah, Joe Bo- Rogan said, uh, according to the Post, that uh, he's no longer interested in doing it. 
Well, maybe maybe based on what he's – well, he would have more control. Well, I don't know. Honestly, he would have way more control over it. And on top of that, he would have guys debunking things along the way. And I think he'd be more objective than, than anybody could be. Right. So, um, before I almost forgot to do what even is that, we were talking about the fact that the white supremacy deal, which the president has denounced multiple times. So, you would think if you're Chris Wallace – and you're going to try to sandbag the president with this question about, are you, you know, I love when they do this. Are you willing here tonight on stage <laughs> in front? Um, you would think if you're going to ask him that, you would then turn to Joe Biden and say, you know, um, are you ready here tonight on stage to say that your relationship with um, Robert Byrd and your, um, your phone call with NPR in 19, interview with ni- in 1975 when you, you called for segregation, when you were talking about busing, uh, when you didn't want um, the racial jungle that you described, you would think if you're going to be fair, you would have both topics. It's just like the paying the taxes. If you're going to confront the president, you would think you would at least tell the whole story in the years that he paid the alternative minimum tax that you would bring that up. And then you would think you would turn to Biden and say, and sir, you and your wife created an S corp. Uh, clearly. Why did you create that under Obama's rules to avoid paying the payroll tax? I mean, so again, if you're going to be Chris Wallace and you're going to show how smart you are and try to impress everybody, then it, can you at least offer both sides of the, of the same argument, of the same topics to both men? Because they both have, uh, the, you could ask Biden the same questions on this stuff. But no, Chris Walsh didn't do that. No, so. and, and he really should have went out. You know, if he's gonna if he's gonna paint, and again, this is the this is the left. They paint the they paint conservatives as oh, they're white nationalists, they're white supremacists, what have you. Um, conversely, he just should have said, and by the way, Joe, um, do you denounce Antifa and BLM and all the violence and stuff sure. that they're doing? Yeah, he he, he, he didn't want to touch it. No. So Hogan Gidley touched it. Uh, Cut 36. He was on CNN this morning. And um, here's how that went. Roll it. He said, he said, sure, three times. He has done it in the past multiple times. I don't know how many ways you want him to say it and how many times you want him to say it. Do you have any idea, John, what an exalted cyclops of the KKK is? Because Joe Biden sure does. He spoke at a funeral for one and praised him profusely. Any idea who George Wallace is? Joe Biden sure does. He thanked the person who gave him the award for George Wallace's name. Any idea what a racial jungle is? It's what Joe Biden doesn't want his kids to grow up in. Joe Biden's record on race is absolutely disgusting. Okay. Joe Biden, Donald Joe Trump Biden was opening defend, up his properties Biden, to African-Americans and Jewish people his while you were still in local television Joe news, John. You know, one the thing, fact Hogan, is this one president thing, has a record of respect Hogan, and Hogan, understanding Hogan, these groups Hogan, like nobody Hogan, else. Hogan, I'm sorry, I'm not going to sit here Hogan, and let you call the president Joe Biden of the United can States defend a racist when he is the only one. He is Joe Biden can defend his own record. He can defend his own relationships and he did in the past. Not <laughs> so there's uh, that's journalism at CNN. Wow, Hogan, you, you Hogan, think, Hogan, Hogan, Hogan brought it. Hogan, Hogan, yeah. Hogan. And you, oh, I wonder. <laughs> oh, I don't like the way the president tweets. Oh no, no, because he'll get such a fair shake on if he goes on does interviews on CNN. Right. That's how Hogan Gidley gets treated. You would think, can you just let him have his say? There's no, you don't have one of these thirteen people panel that they like to have. There's no one else there. Let him say what he wants to say, and then give us your talking points. He can't even let him get through one sentence. No. They can't because, because he started to bring up Joe's record, and they're trying to hide Joe Biden's record. They're trying to keep people from knowing exactly what kind of bigot this guy is, the way he's always been, and he's always hidden it, and he's always gotten a pass, and then when it slips, like you see in the gaffes, oh, you know, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black, that kind of stuff. That's when you get a. That's when you get a glimpse of of what's behind that. Of uh, that that I don't know the the meat sack that's yeah. that's holding up Joe Biden. Well, um, so Joe Biden was on one twenty seven G, Crazy Town. Uh, Joe was out today on the train the train tour, the train tour. Well, he Joe. must have gained a great deal of momentum last night after last night's uh, debate, right, D? Uh, well. We'll see. This is um, he was out there, and um, here's pretty much the summation of how the uh, campaign's gone for Joe. Roll that, G.
Don't sell your house because no Ohio factory will shut down in Donald Trump's America. He doesn't pay his fair share. Don't worry about that. He doesn't pay his fair share in taxes. He says he that makes him smart. What does he? What does that do? What does that make you? Read the prompter, Joe. Read the prompter. He, he didn't. Re- did he build that back better himself? <laughs> Joe's got a little hangover. You gotta play that again. But Trump just got off the plane just to report to you. Joe's got a little hangover. Oh, is, is he getting off the plane, G? Let me see that. Put that up there because that's what we're waiting for here. All right. So here's Air Force One in Minnesota and Duluth. We're waiting for the president. Jessica Rivera is in um, our Colorado studios. And as soon as we see the president here, I think uh, we're gonna throw it to her. She's gonna take over. Do you, can we watch that uh, crazy town one more time before we? Uh... Uh, no, well, well, we're gonna we're gonna wait for the president here. So uh, I, I can't imagine it's gonna be too long before he comes off. I don't want to be in the middle of that. So, um, yeah, these are beautiful stairs, though. <laughs> <laughs> that presidential symbol looks good on the side of that plane. Right, it's Bi- Biden was a wreck. I think I think they they thought, hey, you know what? He he's he did well last night. We 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 got him all jacked up. He was probably up all night, you know. And he went on. He went just kind of wheeled take, him back out. Like, yeah, he went on to take questions, and he tried to again talk about the manifesto. Oh, the manifesto that doesn't exist. And he couldn't remember it. He said, "Yeah, Trump calls my. What does Trump call my plan?" He goes, "You know, he calls it the." Uh, he stumbled around there for about 15 seconds. And he had to ask one of the members of the press. He goes, what does he call it? She says, the manifesto. He goes, oh, yeah, the manifesto. That's what it is. Yeah. He had to ask. And then he took questions. And they were very hard-hitting questions. You know, um, what'd you have for breakfast this morning? <laughs> you know, do you like riding the train? Do you like facing frontwards or backwards on the train? Right. Do you? Um... Were you told not to wander too close to the tracks? Yeah. They were really tough questions again. Uh, one, I swear one of the questions was, do you think you've moved <laughs> Do you think you've moved too far to the middle? Too far to the middle. <laughs> you think you, he's talking about socialized medicine. Have you moved too far to the middle, Joe? Oh yeah. I will monitor the president. Live from Studio 6B on Real America's Voice.